0: This podcast is listener-supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. If you aren't expecting adult language, why even bother listening? Welcome, my friends, to the Southern Neverends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull podcast of SB Nation and One to Metro. I'm your host, Jason I. I'm
1: Pat McDonald. I'm Truman. And this is episode 189 Pointy Droppers. <laughs> Pointy Droppers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Points. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. How about that game in Columbus, huh?
1: What a week it's been. What a week. Oh, of sure. Banner
0: Week. That's that's the right word, right? That's how you use Banner Week?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. In the sarcastic tone, that's how you use it. Of course. Alright,
0: good. Uh so two games to talk about this week. Uh first, Red Bulls travel to Columbus, open up early with a one nothing lead, and then in stoppage time, give up a goal to end the game uh one one.
1: At the I mean that you want to talk about at the death, Jay. That's that's the death. Thirty seconds from time about?
0: Uh yeah, it was literally like the last minute of stoppage time, if I remember correctly.
1: It was
2: the last thirty seconds of stoppage time.
0: Yeah.
2: And all because one of your central defenders uh got gimpy legged.
0: Yeah. And another one was given a bullshit yellow card the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh then Red Bulls went to Philly because why ever have a home game ever again? <laughs> uh for the US Open Cup. Once again, opened up uh, with a one nothing lead, and then in a five-minute span in the second half, just completely shit the bed and gave Philly a 2-1 win. So the Red Bulls are out of the U.S. Open Cup, which means that at least on the bright side, that will not be involved in schedule congestion going forward. Thank God. So at least Woo-hoo. there's that silver lining to all this. So like we usually do, we're going to do our likes-dislikes, but we're going to do them for both games. Truman, you can go first. What did you oh. dislike about these two?
1: Uh, well, let's give a let's not give a fuck about what happened last night uh, because I told you it was going to happen. I, I'm really what I really dislike is that I was 30 seconds away from being pr- almost spot on this week, uh, 30 seconds away from a win, and then a, a clearly they were going to lose in Philly. But what I dislike is the five man back line, not working, not working at all. Now there's they've given up three goals with uh, putting five in the back at the end of games. This is the result of Colin not playing. This is the result of having to make a dozen substitutions yet again. We saw it the week before. We're seeing it again. Making subs because there's too many games going on, and it's costing points, and it's it's costing crucial points because now you, you not only uh, lost a game against the Western Conference team, which you can maybe put up with, you lost a win, a win against the Eastern Conference team, a, a game you had in the bag. And one that's at the bottom of the standings in the Eastern Conference too, right? Or near the bottom anyway. Yeah, I mean, unexcusable. I don't care where that game was played. That could have been played at a high school field with no fans. I don't care. Which was kind of like what last night was, no fans. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you just you can't you can't lose games like that. And maybe if they didn't have to make a, uh, you know. I say a dozen substitutions when you can only make three, but you get the point. They made subs that maybe they wouldn't have made normally uh, without a congested schedule. And there you go, just dropping points again, uh, and, and now uh, sl- uh, in like uh, form-wise slumping going into this weekend. Not good.
2: Yeah. Um... I think my big dislike over the two games is the number of starters that played last night in Philadelphia. Look, I, I mean, I got berated plenty on the Red Bull discussion board about it, but uh, I'm sorry, people. If people don't want to show up for this game, if it's not televised, it's not important, okay? And right now, I don't know if you're aware, the Red Bulls have an attendance problem, Okay. And if you want people to show up to games, it means you have to take the games that will have eyeballs on them more seriously. And that is the game coming up this Sunday against New York City SC, which will have yet another huge crowd on hand at Yankee Stadium and will have a large television audience, at least compared to what we're normally used to with MLS. Those are the games that're going to get fans in the stadium and to care about the Red Bulls, not a game that's only streamed online and barely attended in the in the stands. I mean, come on. It's like, I hate to see it. We don't live in a fantasy world where we can just take something, uh, seriously for sentimental value. Okay. It, this is, this is marketing 101. The things people are paying attention to, that's what you take seriously. That's what brings people into the, into the stadium. Okay. Open cup isn't at that. And even if they won the open cup, that still wouldn't bring people into the stands. Okay. So uh, that's my big disappointment. Um, I, I didn't, you know, go rub it in after the, uh, Rebels lost last night. I think that was kind of uncool. And, you know, but more to this point, one of the last comments I ignored because it was late, uh, was a comment that was made towards me. Oh, well, we have an attendance problem. Does that mean we don't matter? Yeah, it does. It does mean that it does mean we're the second class citizen in New York. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but that's why we don't have media coverage. If we had 20 to 25 thousand people in stadium every game, we would have the media coverage in the city. But unfortunately, people are going to blue team. It's just, it's unfortunate, but it's true. And and, you know, I'm, I'll raise my hand. I'm guilty. I haven't been to a game yet this season. But you know, it's attendance matters. You know, awareness matters. You know, but right now. People are apathetic, by and large, except for select hardcores about the Open Cup. And unfortunately, the New York soccer fan base, unless it's like every other season, come August, uh the stadium you will know, start filling up regularly. But they're apathetic about the Red Bulls. And it, it, that's really what it comes down to. And, and for that stadium situation to change, for the media to start caring, that means winning games that people watch. Simple as that.
0: All right, let me talk about the actual games. <laughs> <laughs> I did, didn't I do that? I know, but let me get back to actual games. Okay. So I feel like over this last three-game stretch, you know, Salt Lake, Columbus, and Philly, there's been a trend, and I I don't expect the trend to continue, but I feel like it is a bad trend because it has all happened on the road where the Red Bulls have gone off to a very, very, very fast start, just fly, literally flying all over the place. Like, what you would expect out of a high-pressure team. But then after, like, the 25th, 30th minute, you see that very gradually start to decline. And then it's almost like they hit a wall around, like, the 70th minute and just kind of drops off a cliff. And that's why you're getting Jesse Marsh putting a fifth defender in when you have a one-goal lead. If you're going to be a high-pressure team, you really can't back off that style of play because you're not, unless they're, honestly, unless they're training for it in practice, which I doubt they are, you're not gonna be a well not not to the extent they're practicing high press anyway. Right, right. But I doubt you're going to be uh, proficient enough to sit back, accept pressure, and then get the ball out. And granted, the defense has done a tremendous job of doing that except for a few moments in the last like three games, but you can't keep relying on that. If you're a high pressure team that's your identity, then you have to try to keep it up for ninety minutes.
2: Uh, you know, I, oh sorry.
0: Like, the game came up against NYCFC. It worked against them because they had a smaller field. So they didn't have to be, didn't have to expend as much energy on a size, on a field that size. But almost everybody else in the league, outside of maybe like Portland, has a a relatively normal size field. And you're going to have to cover a lot of ground to play that style of football. (laughs) And like, you, you just can't do it day in, day out, especially with a congested schedule where you have, what, this is, now the it's going to be on Sunday, like what the fifth or sixth game in three weeks,
2: yeah. right? Bananas. So, I mean,
0: you, you, how do you expect to keep this
2: up? Well, is, uh, the schedule the schedule will get better. I mean, you know, especially with the Open Cup now out of the way, uh, the schedule will improve. There will be they will have more. They won't ha- continue to have weekday games every week. Um, I, I think this Spoon is not worrisome. I think it's more. Uh, related to the schedule congestion you just you just mentioned, um, you know, you know uh, they'll come around. I mean, although you know, we'll see about this weekend. Well, I, I mean, there's another, there's another one. They'll be tired in the 75th minute.
0: the The Red Bulls road record this year in MLS is one six and two, huh. so well, it doesn't well, inspire much confidence.
1: To be fair, I mean, usually teams aren't great on the road. It, Except for one team, which we're playing this weekend, that's not too bad on the road. (laughs) Oddly enough.
0: Surprisingly, that's their best aspect of the game, is playing on the road. Yeah. I I mean, looking at the standings, you know, there there are a surprising amount of teams with zero wins on the road. There's like five of them. But, like, the teams at the top of the standings, they may not be winning a bunch on the road, but they're at least getting draws. Right. So, you know, there's a difference there. It's...
1: We're barely getting draws anywhere. I mean, we,
0: we've, <laughs> Rebels have gotten two draws on the road. Yeah, this season out of eleven games. Wait, no, that's not right. Uh, nine games. Sorry. I, I mean, we're, we're well, I mean, six. We're six and two at home. Like that's. And granted, MLS teams are much better at home there on the road. But just in general, if you're gonna play a high-pressure style, you have to keep it up for ninety minutes. Maybe the the schedule congestion is playing a big factor. But then, if you're Jesse Marsh, you have to have some sort of Plan B to account for that. And obviously, five defenders in the back is not the solution.
1: No, nope, not at all.
2: I mean, looking at everybody's away record, I don't think ours is anything to panic about. Uh, you know, unless you're, like we said, NYCFC. So I, I think they'll get their draws. I think they'll be fine long term. I think that, again, I think this is just a very tight window.
0: Maybe. Well, we'll see. Um, all right, let's get on to this with our likes of the games. So, Pat, you can go first. What did you like about these?
2: Um, Hey, Ryan Mayer got to play. <laughs> that was pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, you know, so even though he gave up two goals, uh, I'm just glad to see the kid back on the field, and hopefully this won't be the last time we'll see him this season, but... You know, I, I really—that's all. That's the only like I can really take away.
1: Uh, my like, uh, of course, we could have—we it would have been different had the Red Bulls won against Columbus, but that uh, that equalizer just sucks the life out of that game. Uh, my like is uh, any road travel. Any people who made the trips to Columbus, which I believe there was at least two people. I know uh, ESC people, uh, Larissa and Steve, made the trip out there. I don't know who else did. I just know they did. And I know a bunch of Red Bull fans on a uh, Wednesday night made the trip down to the worst place on the planet. And uh, unfortunately, had to watch that. So, But at least they did it. So props to them.
0: Um, as sad as this may be, kind of glad the U.S. Open Cup's gone because it means there's less games to worry about in terms of everything else going on. Yep. Amen. If Because uh, the, the Red Bulls would have had a game, I think it's in like two weeks if they had advanced, it was like the 13th or something like that. And then on top of that, if they had advanced even farther, it, they would have taken away a bye week or one of the CCL bye weeks would have become an Open Cup week if they made the semifinals. So as much as I'm disappointed in how they lost, I'm glad that we're done with US Open Cup only because there's so much other crap going on and the team is going to need rest at some point.
2: Well, don't say that on certain message boards if people will think you're a terrible person. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't have time for message boards recently, so that's okay. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Uh, so prediction-wise, none of us got Columbus right.
1: We were 30 seconds away, Jay. 30 uh,
0: seconds. Well, none of us would have gotten the game 100% anyway. No, so, but still. So the standings would have remained the same, uh, just point total difference. So Pat is still in first with 12 points. I'm in second with 10, and Truman is in third with three.
2: <laughs> what? That can't yeah. be right. And I still don't have my belt.
0: Oh, sorry, seven. Wow. Thank you. Three points. And yes, you don't have your belt, Pat. God, who am, it's am I? Jesus. It's, it's, it's sitting here on my desk. i got to get That's it to you.
2: Shame. That's what people can use the Patreon page for. Sunday <laughs> morning so Jay can mail me my belt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about about these
1: two games? No. God, no. All right. Nope. I didn't want to talk about them that much.
0: All right, so with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us from the Caught Offside podcast, J.J. Devani. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome onto the show today from the ESPN podcast, Caught Offside. Ah, got it right. <laughs> J.J. Davani. J.J., welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, guys, for having me. It's a
2: pleasure. So before we dive into some Red Bull talk, um, you know, we know you've been covering the Euro a lot on the show, and right. uh, your, your home side, uh, Ireland, unfortunately, about out in the in the round of 16, is there at least some consolation that Irish fans won the fan, uh, tournament? I know by, uh, by world standards, it seems.
3: I, I, it's, it's fair to Irish fans. It seems rather unfair to the Icelandic fans who captured our hearts the other day with that guttural roar of ooh and then the clapping after they bet England. I, th- I think Iceland, their fans have stolen the show for me for so many reasons. Um, but it is no consolation. I think the first time we were in a major tournament in 1988 at the European Championships, we got a similar award uh, from from Germany for being great fans. And after your first tournament, I guess that wears off. You want to win <laughs> on the field. So, no, it doesn't. But I guess, you know, we'll take whatever we can get now.
2: Sure. Uh, so, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, uh, you know, just we'll do a little more international talk real quick. But uh, you were talking a lot on your last most repos- recent episode of Caught Offside about England's failure, and uh, you touched upon how the name that's come up uh, recently for taking Roy Hodgson's job is Jurgen Klinsmann.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: um, how do we tell England that he's the greatest coach of all time, and then do do everything they can to sign him?
3: Wow, that's that is that is harsh. But that's been a resounding <laughs> message. Uh, if you look across Twitter today, American Soccer Twitter, all you can see is people who've got wind of this news that Jürgen might take over. And they're like, where do we sign off on this?
1: <laughs> how, how can we
3: pack his bags quick enough? And uh two of my friends actually contacted me today because Jamie Carraher mentioned it in his article in the Daily Mail, which we talked about on Caught Offside yesterday. And me... You know, when you're under pressure, guys, and you have to write an article or a column and you're struggling for a name, you just look at Jürgen Klinsmann as an international manager and you think, wow, he's done a pretty good job. Now, you guys and myself, we know the minuity of what that job has been. Nobody is talking about losing 2-0 away to Guatemala in a World Cup qualifier. <laughs> Nobody's talking about a semi-final loss to... uh you know, to Jamaica in, in Gold Cup, which is a competition we should be romping through. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently, uh, someone said he's intrigued by it. My friend Joe Prince Wright of NBC Sports, he reported that, um, people were taking bets, uh, some of the, uh, the, sorry, the, the, uh, the betting shops in England have him at six to one or something like that, which is, yeah, exactly. who uh, indeed, which makes <laughs> you wonder, is there something in this? But even when he was manager of Germany, guys, uh, it was always the sense that the German FA, the Deutscher Fußball Bund, did not like his um, proclivity for all things Californian, the way he wanted to live there from an early stage. So, I mean, I'll put this question to you guys. If you lived in Southern California, are you giving that up plus the sweet deal with U.S. soccer plus almost guaranteed qualification for the World Cup? It, it looks like anyway, if to get out of the hex, okay. Um, for wet, windy England and massive expectations, you probably can't fulfill. I'm not sure you're going to make that choice.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, 60 degrees, uh, in the summer, or nice rain. Eh, it sounds like lovely Scottish weather to me. I don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, may- yeah, maybe, but nobody wants to manage Scotland either. So, you yeah. know. Oh, that's true.
0: <laughs> but the question is, does he want to, uh, Avoid the drought and wildfires in California. That's, that's really the big part of that, right?
3: I think that's the story within the story. Uh, Jurgen is worried about, um, you know, uh, the pollution, the damage, the wildfires, and he thinks the best way he can solve that is by creating a wildfire of his own when he ultimately fails to meet the law of the English. And by the way, you know, the subtext to all of this, whether we like it or not, is that Jurgen joining, uh, Jurgen as a German being an, an English manager we've we've seen we've seen in the last week with Brexit the levels of xenophobia that still exists on in on that sceptered aisle so you can imagine what it would be like for a German to to take over uh the English national team I I, you know failure would be met with a lot of nastiness so look guys I don't think it's gonna happen I think he will see through this cycle um but what do I know? We we don't know. We don't know the mind of you. We don't even know what Jurgen what Jurgen's t- up until this Copa America. We didn't even know what his best eleven was. He didn't even know. So how can we possibly know what his next career move is going to be?
2: Sure, the guy is a mystery. There's no doubt about that.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's bring the talk uh, domestic uh, this week coming up. The New York Red Bulls are taking on New York City FC in the second uh, edition of the Hudson Derby this year. Um, as a man who lives in New York City, mm. and I, I ask this question not knowing how you're going to answer it. Which side do you fall on, the Red Bull side or the New York City side?
3: Well, because we interview both, and in, in for a sense of you know impartiality about these things, I don't sway one way or the other. But I would say that I have a fondness for the New York Red Bull simply because of the longevity of the team in MLS and also because when there was no other gig in town, they were um, putting it together. I love their stadium in Harrison. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I'm not a fan of any team that relates to the global Manchester City conquest (laughs) to take take over the earth. But that's not fair either because, let me qualify that too, I don't have any animosity towards their fans because, you know what, Uh, all they want is a football team, and this was the hand they were dealt. The fact that it's owned by the city football group it shouldn't be a knock on them so i like to be fair to them but i suppose i have a little i like i like football played on on really nice grass in a, in a football specific stadium so red bulls would do it for me there but you know at the same time i would love if they were still the metro stars and they weren't sponsored by a sugary drink company so i guess i guess the answer to that is i i try to stay impartial but i have a little fondness for uh, for
2: the guys in harrison so Right now, there's a, you know, there's a lot of talk amongst uh, fan bases of, uh, you know, is this the biggest rivalry for each side? Um, you know, where do you come on in that, uh, that conversation? Do you think NYC, FC actually needs to win a few games for it to be considered a true derby? Um,
3: I'm not so sure. I, I think, uh, cause we had Jesse Marsh on Caught Offside, which you can actually listen to that interview. We had him on straight after the annihilation, which you guys, I'm sure, absolutely loved. And, and I would imagine that's got to be the highlight of your season so far. I don't care. You know, there's going to be a lot of Red Bull fans will be fronting and they'll be saying, oh, you know, we're, we expected to win and we've got bigger fish to fry, that kind of blasé attitude. No, I, I don't agree with that. I, I I think this is a big rivalry. And the fact that you've stuck it to them. I mean, what have they scored one goal, is it, or something across the games? Yeah. One goal. Um <laughs> To dominate a team with, uh, you know, Spain's all-time leading goal scorer, a World Cup winner, a World Cup winner in Andrea Pirlo, and, and a storied Premier League footballer on their roster, that's, I'm sorry, that's outstanding. And that's all while you haven't had your most recent big-name signing, uh, Thierry Henry. I mean, the team you have right now is much more of a team than, um, than even when Henry was there, I would argue, that fact. The rivalry already, the fans don't like each other. I think maybe the, uh, the fights outside the ground is a little bit overblown and a little bit <laughs> little, little bit silly. But, um, I, no, I think the rivalry is there. Look, hey, right now, as we speak, the Red Bulls are at halftime or just after halftime in the U.S. Open Cup against uh, Philadelphia Union uh, in a cup game, and we haven't even mentioned it yet. Uh, and the Red Bulls are 1-0 up through uh, Mike Grella. And, look, that rivalry seems to have faded somewhat, although you don't know with the shake-up of the playoffs, how that might come about. But, look, don't tell me it's Philadelphia. It's the guys closest to you. Um, mm. it, it's definitely NYCFC. And it's a proper rivalry. And um, and so far, Red Bulls are uh, are way on top.
2: Yeah, that, that You actually just mentioned the match because there's a lot of uh, talk in, uh, U- in New York Red Bull soccer circles about the importance of the Open Cup. They are playing tonight, by and large, a first-team, maybe an A-minus, B-plus squad. Uh, yeah. with, with such a large derby coming up, is that a wise move to tire out your starters, uh, with the game coming up so soon?
3: It's a, it's a brilliant question. And just before we, we came on air here, here, I had a little look at the team and I, I was shocked. I mean, switching the goalkeeper, uh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe rest him up. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and the kid that's gone in goals, uh, Mara is his name, right? Um, he's he, he had a terrible run with injuries, so he deserves. He deserves a run, but you look at you look at the defense, you look at the midfield, in and McCarthy playing as well, and you, Bradley Wright-Phillips starting up front. I'm not so sure that that's that wise. Um, I, I wouldn't do it personally. Um, it's the Open Cup, listen, here's the problem with the Open Cup for me, guys, is that it is a good competition to win. It's a very good competition to win. But the gap between you winning it and the playoffs is so big, that you go out early in the playoffs or you go out at the later stages of the, in the, in the Eastern Conference final. Like, excuse my French, but who gives a shit about the Open Cup then? You're just going to feel <laughs> dis- disappointed. It's, it's too far of a gap between, it's not like, uh, you know, in England where you finish your league season and say it's been a bit disappointing, but like a week later or whatever, or you're in the FA Cup final and then you have a bit of silverware and you're like, ah, that stings. At uh, the end of a bad season that's not the case with open cup Um I don't know how you guys feel about it I'm sure you'd like to win it and to have the silverware in the season um, it might buoy the team going forward but geez it's no substitute
2: for winning the league yeah, I, I'm with you but I know there's a lot of Red Bull fans out there who really have a hard-on for that open job I don't know
3: <laughs> and, and listen listen nothing wrong with a hard-on you know if you've got a hard-on for the cup good for you man but the bottom line is that tonight, at the, that stadium is practically empty. It's not a good time for fans to get there. There's a great bunch of Red Bull fans who have made it, by the way. Uh, um, and they are really the hardcore guys that I've, I've got there for the game. But by and large, I'm not so sure Philly care about it that much. And I'm, I know the Red Bulls, uh, you know, they obviously want to advance. They want to be the local rival. But if I was Jesse Marsh, I would have maybe reined it in a little bit and, and not played everybody tonight.
0: So with that in mind, you know, the Red Bulls are going to be facing a New York City team that isn't playing in the Open Cup because they lost to the Cosmos uh, a few weeks ago. They're going to be obviously a little bit more rested. Um, do you think that maybe this is a good opportunity for New York City S C to kind of nick one off the Red Bulls considering that, especially, you know, after last time with the playing on in Yankee Stadium, the Red Bulls just went in and completely dominated them 7-0. Right. Do you think that this is kind of like New York's, New York City's time to finally get their first win in in the Derby, rivalry, whatever you want to call it.
3: Well, well, here's the thing, guys. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to blow smoke up your asses because you're Red Bulls fans and, and you have me on. But it's it's an opportunity to not be hammered, okay? Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to get a result, i.e. a draw, and if they can get the win, great. Now, lately, they're on a nice little run. Um, let's just take the weekend's games, for example. They went to Seattle. They got the 2-0. And uh, the Red Bulls, you know, they had a draw against Columbus, which was, I mean, disappointing in the sense that it happened in the third minute of, of time added on. But for me, this is about um, NYCFC putting a marker down, but I'm not necessarily sure that marker has to be a win. Look, mm. that was such a cataclysmic event. Uh, I mean, to be beaten 7 nil in that fashion, to be absolutely bossed, and beasted from minute one to minute ninety. And you guys know as well as anybody that could have been ten nil. It could have been ten nil. And imagine the optics for that, um for for NYCFC in their second season with this storied uh, ex player as their manager, it would have just been terrible. It was terrible as it is. I think it's about them um establishing some kind of a base level against New York teams. They can't beat the cosmos right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't care that they rested those star guys for that game. Um, they had mixed discarude, who was a guy who would have been probably on the bubble for a place in Copa America and was in in a world cup squad. You know, that's, these are the, these are facts, gentlemen. And mm-hmm. so they have not done well. Patrick Vieira is a, you know, a coach that he will be smarting and he will have been hurt by that defeat. And I think they're going to look, I'd be shocked if they don't go out, not negative, but with a much more, um, how will we say, conservative approach and a much more tight defense if it's possible to tighten that defensive of theirs. Um, Because, look, another defeat, like say another 3-0 defeat, I mean, that's just not good. A 1-1 draw or a 0-0, honestly, I think if you offered that to Patrick Vieira right now, he'd take it. Uh,
0: So New York City FC um, actually recently transferred uh, their midfielder, Poku, to uh, NASL's Miami uh, FC. For, I think it was a rumored at like,
3: seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, I thought
0: it was half a million, but yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, a, a very big number, especially coming an NASL team. Um, what do you think that means for New York City? Because he was not only a fan favorite, but he was one of their better players and, and a younger player at that. Yeah. What do you think that kind of means for New York City uh, going forward?
3: I'm, I'm not sure what it means, and I thought it was curious, you know, because I'm not the best for the ins and outs of MLS transfers, but the week before you play uh your big derby game, don't you want to have as many options? Even if you intend to get rid of him down the line, don't you want as many options as as you possibly can in terms of a strong, energetic, young presence in that midfield, which is none of those things, okay? <laughs> if you look at their midfield, I mean, you can't be serious about starting... Lampard, Pirlo, and Areola again. I mean, I know why they have Areola as, as a holding midfielder to kind of screen and, and, and be the legs for Lampard and Pirlo, but he's no spring chicken either. And you got to think that that's an area, well, it has been an area that Red Bulls have been dominant. So I was confused by that transfer. I actually spoke to a friend of mine who's uh, who plays for uh, Miami FC in the NASL. He's uh, Richie Ryan. He's a centre midfielder, formerly of Sunderland formerly of the Ottawa Fury, and he's excited about Poku coming in because he played against them when Poku was at Atlanta, and um, he was highly rated then. And look, the only thing I'd say about Poku is this. I thought he was a little bit raw when he was at NYCFC. And um, look, a lot of the time when the fans were chanting his name at the start of this season in particular, we want Poku, we want Poku, they might as well be shouting, we are shit, we are shit, and we need We just believe (laughs) we want to change it was a call for change and the fans loved him more than than management clearly did what it means i i don't know but i'm not sure it's a move i would have made uh maybe maybe there's some kind of um you know expiry date on nasl transfers before the start week one of the um of the new season because they've got that weird uh you know split season format
2: so i don't know what the meaning behind that is but um I wouldn't have done it. So kind of considering the transfer Poku and the, the Red Bull dominance so far in this derby, do you think NYFC, uh, NYCFC needs this game way more than Rebels? kind of like turn the momentum a bit around for their fans? Um,
3: Yeah, you would because just take it in isolation in the derby games like we spoke against, I mean, a team that's not in their division cosmos and the way the Red Bulls have, have been totally dominant from the get-go here. They need something to buck. Need something to sell to their fan base that, hey, we are improving. We are getting better. Look, we've just bet the dominant team in the Eastern Conference for the last few years um, or one of the dominant teams. I would say the dominant team, certainly in regular season play. Um, And that would be a good marker. But just in the context of this season, there's been a few iffy results for Red Bulls. Certainly, um, you know, that, that was a hurtful one against Columbus. That's the kind of game you want to close out. I don't know what Ronald Zubar was, was doing defending that late one. I mean, it seems as if his legs had gone and, and Ola Camara just glide. He didn't even aware, seem to be aware of where Ola, it frustrated the life out of me just as a New York sports fan to see that. That should be one nil on the road, three points in the bag. Off you go, uh, you know, back home. Um, so, so I wouldn't say that, you know, both teams need it. They're, they're it's tight at the top there with Philadelphia, uh, New York City and, and, and the Red Bulls. Um, but, on the, on the balance of the, the hover, the overall needs of the franchise. Yeah. NYCFC need to, to give you guys a beating. But I, I'm not, you know what? I, I don't see it be at their number. Um, it's going to be a different team. I expect Jack Harrison to start for NYCFC. Um, he's tricky, but if he plays wide, I'm not sure he's going to do the covering that's needed to cover those defenders. Um, even in the win, uh, at home to Philadelphia, guys, they still aren't comfortable on crosses. They nearly blew that game again. Uh, uh, Brilliant's, um brilliant mistake off the corner was—I mean, just so poor. Uh, so I'm not so sure they're going to get the win, but um, yeah, they do need it. They definitely do need it. You, look, you guys know it yourselves. You hold the you hold the whip hand over them completely. It's you're on top of this, and you've got to realize that they are just chomping at the bit for revenge. And and you know what? That's what makes it so compelling.
2: Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. I think they need it. I also think the Red Bulls, in many ways, need it. Just because you know, unfortunately, we're still lagging in attendance. And uh taking it to the the inner city rival, it could could help and you know put some more butts in the seats. You know, and that's kind of where I stand. But yeah, I think I think I agree with every point you said there about NYCFC, also for that matter. Plus, plus
3: guys, plus guys, don't you think at this stage of the season, probably getting into July a little bit, the phony war of M the early part where you can go like the Red Bulls did, what, seven without a win or something. You know, those days are kind of going or they're drifting away a little bit. And now you're thinking, right, where are we at in terms where do we need to be? Um, so, yeah, look, both teams need it. NYCFC needed a little bit more in terms of their overall image.
2: Absolutely. So this Sunday at noon – Uh, the lead up to whatever Euro match happens to be on ESPN. I think it's Germany, but I'm not sure. Uh, what, uh, what do you think will happen at Yankee Stadium between the Rebels and NYCFC?
3: I think, I think we're going to have a game of football, guys. (laughs) 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 That's, that's the, that's the first thing that I think we're going to have. Um, hey, I just want to make one point. I know you want to wrap up and and get to me to a prediction, but I'm Irish, so I, I blather on. 12 o'clock on a Sunday. Fourth of July weekend just seems to me. Let's not even talk about fans or, 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 you know, bums on seats because that definitely will be affected with people in our area going down the shore, going out to Long Island. But, but the thing about it is for me is that most of those games previously between and Rebels have either been in dull afternoon weather that where there's been a little bit of rain and cloud cover, or they've been at night. And you know what, guys? For the most part, they've been good games because you've you've hammered the the. You've hammered NYCFC. But if this is going to be really hot on that field, which is sticky, the ball doesn't move, it might not be that good of a game for once in this rivalry. Uh, Intensity and fan fan rivalry aside, I just worry. Uh, I don't like that surface. I don't like that grass. Um, The last game you'll remember was dull and there had been some rainfall in the morning and the ball did move a little bit better. I think that might be a factor. I'm just going to hedge my bets here. I don't see Red Bulls getting beaten. I don't see NYCFC winning. I think it's going to be – I think it could possibly be a nil-nil or a score draw. Maybe I'll say, you know what, 1-1.
2: We'll take it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll take it.
3: (laughs) I'm I'm putting in all sorts of climactic factors here. I haven't even looked at the weather. I'm just saying, you know, 4th of July weekend, the weather's heating up a bit. At 12 o'clock on a Sunday, noon on a Sunday, it just, it's – I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's supposed to be in the high eighties and you, you can imagine in the blackboard, uh, you know, blacktop jungle there in Bronx, it's going to get even hotter. So.
3: Yeah, exactly. It should,
2: it should be kind of nasty.
3: Yeah, I think it will be. And, and I hope it doesn't affect the game too much. But, uh, no, look, look, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I think the pageantry surrounding this game makes it so compelling, even if the game itself mightn't be, mightn't be great because of the factors I outlined, but I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, you know, something, something I noticed in the, in the first game was in that hammering was how much, uh, Greta and Lloyd Sam dominated the flanks. It was, uh, a master class of width from the Red Bulls. And if they, if, if, uh, NYCFC haven't learned their lessons, then I could be wrong. It could be another, uh, defeat.
0: A master class of width on the field that doesn't really have it. That's kind of. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. <That's> kind <laughs> of
1: really funny. Yeah, but,
3: yeah. Think about that. That's their field and they, and they play well. They, Red Bulls came in and they played like they played there every weekend. A field that is tiny in dimension, and the Red Bulls were—they didn't skip a beat. That's impressive, guys, and that's a tribute to your manager.
0: All right. Absolutely. So, uh, JJ, before we let you go, um, like we do with every other guest, we gotta give you the chance to let our listeners know where they can find you online.
3: Oh, online, guys, you can find us on ESPN New York. That's the first place. Caught offside. Uh, we're on the uh, Listen tab of the ESPN app. You can get us there. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Um, Caught off is the name of it. Just type it in. We'll come up. My ugly face will appear, uh, along, with, <laughs> along with my co-host, Andrew Gundling, who is um, a senior producer on the Michael K Show. A great guy. Um, so that's myself and Andrew. So I guess the Listen tab of the ESPN app, iTunes, and you can follow us at, uh, at COSoccerPod on Twitter. We've got a verified account there, so you know it's us. And, um, yeah, just, just get, get downloaded and get listening. We'll be, uh, sliding our way back into MLS as, uh, the Euros fades out. And, um, yep, looking forward to, uh, to you guys, uh, hopefully listening and, and enjoying it. And, uh, anytime you want me to come back on, guys, my thanks to you. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely great having you on. Thanks, guys. All
0: right. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. I want to thank JJ for coming on the show. You can catch his podcast, Caught Offside, on uh, ESPN. Uh, I think the, he said the ESPN app. Although we talked to him off the air, and it sounded like that was going to be going away at some point, or at least the, the podcast part he, of that. He, he,
2: yeah, the ESPN radio app is going to go oh, away. That's what it is, yeah. I think you can find it on iTunes as well.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine pretty much anywhere you can find us, you could probably find that show. So there you go. Um. So, New York City FC second match of the year, second match at Yankee Stadium, which means that the, thankfully the last match will be a home game. Uh, this game is on Sunday, July third, at noon. Dumb. Mm-hmm. On ESPN because they want a lead-in to the Euros. Which why would you make it <laughs> less the lead-in?
1: Hi, right, we're an American network and we want to have a lead into a European tournament. But whatever,
0: we got us. But, Seattle and Seattle, New York City was the follow up to a Euro match and was the most was the highest rated MLS game of the year so far. So I mean, you know,
2: well, I suppose one plus is it won't be delayed this time.
0: Well, technically the other game wasn't delayed; it was just
2: the, the Red Bull game, Red Bull NYCFC game. Oh,
0: sorry, no, no, I was thinking the the Seattle game, the yeah, Seattle yeah. City game. Uh, so time for our predictions. Usually Pat gets to go first. Hey, he's gonna go last. Oh, blop, blop. Truman gets to go first today.
1: Well, this is one of those weeks where I don't think Pat was going to say the same thing I did, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, this can be another Red Bulls home game. This is this is the home game. Finally, we're going to be on our home schedule. Uh, we're not playing out of the God the Eastern Seaboard for a few weeks, so I like it. Um, yeah, pretty much I think almost the entire month where we're, we're going to be right down I ninety five the whole time.
0: Uh, July up uh, until the end of July. It's pretty much
1: yeah, living it. Area.
0: Well, there's one game in Philly,
1: but yeah, pretty much in New York, right? I said Eastern Seaboard. Anyway, uh, I think this is going to be uh, a barn burner. I think it's going to be one of the more exciting games of the year. I think the Red Bulls are going to win, but I think it's going to be a good contest. I think the Red Bulls are going to win three to two. Uh, a lot of goal scoring. NYCFC's feeling good about themselves as well. They should be. I mean, they beat. Uh, they just went and beat what, Seattle on the road. Um, so it's a tough place to play. So they're feeling good about themselves. Fat Frank Lampard's actually scoring a couple goals. Pirlo, I believe, scored a goal for the first time in uh, 48 years playing on this team. But I think this is going to be a fun, fun game. But the Red Bulls love playing on this condensed field because, like we said, they don't have to run as much. And we're not going to see five defenders. And if, Colin starts. You know he's gonna be driving everybody up a fucking wall. So I imagine he's starting this. Game. Yeah. So brace yourself for this one. It's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna say three to two.
2: Uh, I'm gonna actually agree a lot with our guest. Uh oh, You're supposed
1: to go last.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Go for it, Jay.
0: I will, cause I'm the host. I'm allowed to pull that shit. <laughs> uh I think it's going to be an exciting game, like Truman said. Um, I don't think it's going to be as tight. I think even though the Red Bulls have had a congested schedule and New York City had the day off uh this week for U.S. Open Cup, I still think the Red Bulls are going to be the better team. Uh, I'm going to go three one. Uh, mirroring two of the results from last year, kind of coming back to coming back to the mean, as they say in statistics. Three one. Um, I don't know. Prop, you know, Mike Grill is going to probably score a goal because he loves to. Um. Brother Red Phillips can't seem to not score on New York City, so why not? And I think it's going to be, basically, I think it's going to be the same exact game we saw last time, just with less scoring, because it's going to be, you know, middle of the day. It's going to, even if it's not like, you know, air temperature hot, it's going to be sun beating down in the middle of that stadium. It's just going to be exhausting on the field. Plus, the Red Bulls have already played, you know, two games in the last, uh, will be week before this one. And, but they'll still have enough, I think, to kind of embarrass New York City. Even if it's 3-1, it'll still be kind of an embarrassment. And I, honestly, I think the best New York City can hope for is not to give up uh, five more goals in this game. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, Pat, now you're up. All right. I actually agree with our guest. I think it's going to be a 1-1 slog. I think the <laughs> noon time is going to hurt a lot. It's going to, you know, certainly slow the game down a bit in that heat. I mean, it's not supposed to be terrible. In eight, it's supposed to be 87, but, you know, uh, it's a concrete jungle there. It's, it's certainly not going to be – it's going to feel hotter for sure. Um, so I think that will slow down the game. I think it will slow down the scoring. And then on top of that, I mean, I, I think the schedule congestion, we're seeing it's affecting the team. Uh, I think it will affect them again this Sunday, unfortunately. Uh, I think they will tire out. Um and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think we're going to look for a 1-1 draw. So I don't think MYCSC is going to get their first win just yet, but uh, I don't see the Red Bulls running away with it either. There you go. All right, so we do have
0: an email, a, a two-parter email. Uh, this comes in from Eric, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to screw the last name up because I yes, always do.
2: Good, uh,
0: that's what I was thinking, but I, I there's, like, an, an extra eye in there, so I'm not really sure. I, I think it's Vieira, so we'll go with that. Uh, so the first part is about the Concacaf Champions League group schedule.
2: Oh, and uh, just, just uh, Eric, it was really long, so we did condense a little bit. So, yeah, but we think we got your ideas across. To so just, we apologize in advance for condensing it.
0: <laughs> All right, so he's. So this is the edited version. I feel that we have a great Concacaf schedule and group, and with our buys in rounds three and six, it works out perfectly. You always want to play the first two weeks when the other teams are in their preseason you never want to play in the last round because it happens to coincide with the next to last week of the MLS regular season. Teams in the past have not advanced due to having to play starting squads MLS matchups with the playoffs on the line. What do you guys think of our schedule? And uh, real quick, let me read the schedule so this way people know what's going on. So, Red Bulls are taking on Antigua uh, GFC, which I guess is Guatemalan Football Club, uh, and... Oh. Alianz of El Salvador and the schedule is on August 3rd they're taking on Antigua August 8th, at home, August 16th they're going to El Salvador to take on Alans. Uh September 15th they're hosting Alons, and then on September 27th traveling to Antigua and Guatemala Alright, so I think I cut somebody off which one they I cut off? Pat. What? I thought I was cutting somebody off with that schedule No. Alright, but anyway who wants yeah. to go first and answer the question? <laughs>
1: I, I'm, all I'm going to say here is uh, win early. Yeah. Win, win, your, win your early games. You don't have to worry about a game on the, on uh, September 27th. Yeah. And it's simple. Win your home games, uh, get a point out of the game on the 16th, and you're good to go. And then you can play uh, Red Bull 5 on the 27th. Ooh, Red Bull 5. You can play the 16-year-old kids.
0: Not, not even uh, the um, PDL team? We're just going to go right to the youth teams?
1: Yeah, yeah. Get them some good experience. Yeah. You, 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 you We'll send those kids down to Guatemala. Dad <laughs> knows what it's um, like He's been there I have And
2: I've been to Antigua too I actually have an Antigua GFC jersey <laughs> uh, But uh, Yeah I agree with you Eric I think it's, it is a great schedule I think it really does uh, Go in the Rebels' favor um, You know Getting those teams early When they're in the preseason form Getting at least one of those Away games uh, When they're in preseason form uh, Yeah And I think I agree with Sherman You know Get get the points out of those First three games And you can kind of Take the last one off Um you know, and that that'll be it'll be great. It'll be nice to be able to watch a meaningful soccer match next February, uh with the, for the Red Bulls.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page as you guys. I mean, there's not nothing, nothing really more I can add to that, just win early, win often. That's all you that's 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 the mantra for the group stage. Win. That's all you need to do. Especially in a three team group. I mean just we saw finish. that yeah, just we, win. Saw, we saw that two years ago where we won the first game. I think we lost a second and then had to try to fight back after Montreal basically got their nine points. Or it was like eight points or something like that. And we just couldn't do it. We couldn't even get close. So uh, the second question actually comes back to the congested schedule. He asks, I feel, or he says, How do you feel about the Red Bull's congested ML schedule right now? I feel this could have been avoided if we didn't take that pointless week four bye and an extra week off for Copa America. <laughs> Shouldn't the Red Bulls take advantage of playing on international weeks like other MLS teams do, since we don't lose a lot of players to international play? Do you think MLS should. Actually, i So it's actually apparently a three-parter. We're going to, to leave the last part for last because kind of mixing things there. So what do you guys think about that? Should the Red Bulls have taken the week four bye and an extra week in Con- uh, for Copa America?
2: Well, I mean, I don't think they had a choice. Uh, you know, that's, that's up to the schedule makers, unfortunately. You know, it'd be nice if uh, the Red Bulls could, uh, you know, dictate when to take time off. Um, but unfortunately that's that's the MLS schedule maker. So unless you know they they push the, the owners push for a change, you, you just kinda have to deal with the hand you're dealt with.
0: Apparently on some international breaks you can decide whether to play or not. So okay. I believe I believe week four and the first week in the of America, you did have the choice of taking it off or not.
2: Well guess what? They lose they only lose Kamar Lawrence, right? On Carmel Carmel Met. And Carl We went up with Canada. which
0: I, I guess once you when week four that makes more sense with Carl We Met because you had the injuries, but by yeah. the time Copa came around, and honestly, at that point, you've already made the decision because the schedule gets released in what January, so it's not like right. you can predict any of that. Uh, I should they have taken those breaks? The week four break I thought was definitely a good one. It ended up being a good one because they were on that slide, even though it continued afterwards. Um, the Copa break, I mean. How much would that have really saved you in congestion, right? Because we still had, I think it was like two or three Minbri games before the Copa break. We still have the CCL coming up. We still had, you know, maybe RSL wasn't a, a, we, a Wednesday night then. But I mean, aside from that, like I, I'm not sure what you would have gained from the Copa uh, break by playing that week. Maybe uh, half, uh, even more empty stadium, which looks worse. <laughs> so I think I guess the only reason
1: you, you take this—the only reason I think they took this uh, break for Copa is just because it was being played in the U.S. and that—that's it. That's the only reason. I don't think it's because there's U.S. players actually participating. I think it's because you put the focus on these other stadiums where there's games, and you don't want people making decisions on whether to get to the MetLife for this and the Red Bulls for that. So, it's—it's it's not going to happen again. I don't think unless we do go back to hosting it in a couple years or something. So I think it's just kind of like a one-off, one-off deal. Uh, teams play congested schedules all the time. Like Pat said, what are you, you going to do about it? You just kind of have to suck it up and play. And like we said, now it's going to be a little, bit, a little bit less congested uh, mm-hmm. with lack of open cup play. So I don't know. You see teams all over the world do it. You just got to tough it out. Yeah.
0: All right, and so then this last part, real quick. Do you think MLS should have taken a two-week break for the Copa? Every Copa game was played at 7 p.m. or later. Um, I guess this could have been played anyway. Uh, teams could have played a 3 p.m. game on Saturday or Sunday and not conflict
2: with the Copa.
1: Well, I just made my point there. Yeah, I just previously uh, made, made that point.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I, I, a lot of other teams did did have MLS players. It wasn't just Americans. Uh, you know, a lot of MLS players were involved in this tournament. Um, so I think it, it was, you know, I think it was in the league's best interest to take two weeks off. Um, you know, in the future, I would say, uh, and then I, I do mean the distant future, I think the just to avoid this, which happens every couple of years when there's a major international tournament, I think it would be wise to investigate going to a winter schedule. For that to happen, obviously we need to have retractable dome money uh, which the league does not have right now. So, you know, some, somewhere way down the line, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had so they can avoid these kinds of things. But, um, not gonna happen. Uh, they, it might happen someday. Nope. nope. Yeah, yeah nope. whatever. Nope. Mr. Stick in the Mud.
1: Do I have to if go over I, this for the 100th time? You don't want to compete with three pro sports and college football, and fans are not going to come out to 20-degree Red Bull games.
2: That's why I said you need retractable roofs. No you one is – they're not
1: putting retractable roofs
2: on soccer stadiums. They might. They did, they've do. they done it in Germany. What are they going to do no, with that in Columbus? What are they putting on? An aluminum shed roof? Like I said, it's, it's something that's going to happen down the line when the, the, the league is far more lucrative.
1: You, keep, sure. you keep thinking that's going to happen. Keep thinking. It's possible. You you let me, me know. You let me know in 2080 when they do that. Okay. All right. So hold on.
0: Hold on. Quick thought, well, and then I have a, I have a fun question. So first off, if you think it's schedule schedule congestion is bad now with the Copa, imagine what's going to happen in 2022 when the World Cup is played during the end of the playoffs for MLS.
1: I'll be watching that World Cup if it's still on cutter, so don't care.
0: Well, I'm not saying that you're going to watch it. I'm saying MLS is not going to be playing during that time. They're going to move their schedule up to at least a comedy day for that year. So imagine that congestion. all of a sudden your playoffs have to end in the middle of November instead of one month later like it has now. Like that's just going to be insane. But I have a question now since you guys were talking about this. What happens first? Winter schedule. No, neither. Well, neither. <laughs>
1: neither, Jerry. <laughs> neither <I> like happening <laughs> ever. Neither of them. I like how I didn't have to finish Never. the question. i do not talking about I thought we banned. We banned that. We banned it. Don't even say it. It's banned. I, I think I banned the winter schedule, and somehow we got that brought back up three years later. Sorry, Ted. Banned, banned, banned.
0: <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the dumping ground. Uh, is there anything that you guys want to talk about that we haven't brought up yet so far on the show? All right, a
1: uh, couple quick things. Sky Blue went down to uh, Fake DC, a.k.a. Maryland, and, and won 2-1. So props Ooh. to all the traveling support who went down there and were louder than the home fans who got very offended at their songs. Very mm-hmm. offended. It's, you know, hurting their feelings. Womp womp. Uh, and then they play this Saturday in Portland, so I think that's a ten-thirty start. So we'll not interfere with the Red Bulls game, unless you actually go to sleep early, but who does that? Not me. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, really quick, I uh, want to give a shout-out to the Monroe and Patties of Park Slope and Park Slope Brooklyn, because Pat and I went to both those places. We went and saw the Portland Timbers game for uh, shits and giggles at the Monroe, which was awesome, and then we went, uh, happened to stumble in the Patties to watch the uh, Copa final which is great, and then we watched Patgate made fun of by a bunch of people on the walk back because he had a messy jersey on. So yeah. uh, it, it was a fun time. He even got picked on by a 10-year-old kid. which it was pretty funny. Which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so check it's... out those places. We're going to try to convert Paddy's into a Red Bull bar. So if you yeah, live man. in that area, take over. Exactly. They are a blue
2: team bar, so get in there and uh, demand you watch your Red Bulls yeah. if you're a Brooklynite. That's right. Take over the whole block. <laughs> All right, Pat, you got anything? Nope, I'm good.
0: Then I think it's time for Truman's terrible team of the week.
2: England. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at
0: that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's kind of appropriate.
2: Uh, Hopefully they make a terrible coaching decision. I mean, a great coaching decision and hire (laughs) hiring Klinsman. He's amazing. You should hire him today.
1: I mean, yeah, we don't have to go into it since it was already brought up earlier uh with our guests, which I was not there for, but great interview guys, I must say. Fantastic. What a great guest.
0: Alright, so let's wrap this one up. You can visit us at onceametro.com slash red hyphen rant. Go to patreon.com slash red and support us by giving a few bucks to fund the show. Uh you can email us like Eric did, bull rant at gmail Uh maybe we need to institute some sort of like word count limit or something like this for the future. Uh no that's It was just a normal, we won't email. Anyway, uh, call us if you don't feel like writing. 973-348-5329. Tommy! That's right. Tommy hasn't called us in a while.
2: I'm in Bayonne right now, Should go look for him.
1: Yeah. His mom's probably out somewhere. Playing bingo. Go to the bingo hall.
0: Um... You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on Twitter at redbullrant for the show at docthestooge for myself at pmecda2 for Pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, basically anywhere that you can find a podcast, and at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen uh, Last words before
2: we get out of here. Beat the Smurfs. Yeah. Win. Win, baby.
0: All right, so for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 189 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls.
2: Peace out. Late.